rely on partnerships and the amazing work of so many organizations and leaders to achieve our collective community goals. I hold dear the bonds of friendship. We are friends transforming communities through service. implement transformative programs that address the most critical needs of underserved communities. Welcome to LinkedIn Impact with the Arlington Links, a podcast which transforms our community by highlighting the issues, resources, and leaders that you need to know. Hello, and welcome to the first episode of LinkedIn Impact with the Arlington Links. My name is Krista Jones, and I'm excited to host this podcast produced by the Arlington, Virginia chapter of the Links Incorporated. If you're anything like me, my health remains at the top of my to-do list, but I don't always get around to it. Almost every day I write down Peloton on my list, but if you look at my workouts in Peloton, I can barely get in one to two rides a week. The convenience of restaurants and food delivery services from not always the healthiest establishments often get the best of me. I am definitely guilty. What I can say is that the continuous news reports on new health research, thankfully access to healthcare, constant reminders and positive modeling by my family, and community programs led by organizations like the Lynx Incorporated have made some positive impacts on my behavior, even though I'm not quite where I want to be. In today's episode, we are focusing on heart health. The Links Incorporated established the Health and Human Services Facet, or HHS, in response to the chronic health disparities that persist in Black communities and result in the decreased life expectancy of African Americans and other people of African ancestry. When it comes to heart health, the Links have numerous programs, from our redress initiatives to our walking challenges to advocacy. We are making an impact because we understand, if we can use me as an example, that it takes a multifaceted approach to truly move the needle. In the Arlington, Virginia chapter, we are in our 15th year of our DMV Links Redress program. In 2008, the Arlington Lynx chapter, through a grant from the Lynx Incorporated and the American Heart Association, started a Heart Truth program. The goal was to educate women of color in the Arlington, Virginia community about heart disease. This program laid the foundation for what became the Arlington Lynx Red Dress event. Joined together in partnership with Lynx chapters across the Washington, D.C., Virginia, and Maryland area, Annually, for greater scale, reach, and impact, Red Dress has become the largest event of its kind in the region. I want you to hear this conversation from our 2022 virtual Red Dress event between Andrea Roan, longtime newscaster from Washington, D.C., who served as the panel moderator, Dr. Reginald Robinson, president of the board of directors for the Eastern States region of the American Heart Association, and Gail Harris-Berry, five-time heart attack survivor. 
in my introduction to you, doctor, when it comes to heart disease, I said your practice focuses on lifestyle changes and healthier changes through prevention. But awareness is key to prevention. Yet these were some startling statistics I read recently. 36% of Black women are unaware that heart disease is the number one killer of women in the United States. And 52% don't know their risk factors. Red Dress and the Lynx have been sounding this alarm for years. Doctor, what do you make of this? And, and why aren't women getting the message? Well, first, I'd like to thank you guys for having me again. And the event gets bigger and better each year. And I would agree with Jumi that I love you as well, Andrea. It's a, a <laughs> pleasure always being on a panel with you. You make it so easy and comfortable to get on and talk about whatever it is. Uh, those statistics are still pretty staggering, and uh, it, it doesn't surprise me because, you know, women, ten they tend to be more of the, the caretakers when it comes to everything in life, right? So if you ask a man about the type of insurance policy or anything about going to the doctor itself, it's usually handled by the woman. Uh, but over the years, we've been, you've, we've been I, I believe that comes from being over burden with other things in life and not putting themselves first. Um, and it's up to us as physicians to really shed light on that. And the links have done a great job just looking at the reach that it has uh, in the community itself. What's also interesting is a study by the American Heart Association that it's women across all groups, racial, economic, economic, education-wise, and younger women. It's a 10-year trend in women awareness declining. At the same time, heart disease is on the rise in younger women. What's behind that? Well, if you look at some of the statistics, there are multiple things. Uh, we look at how stress impacts health and cardiovascular health our lifestyle overall impacts it. And two out of three American women or African-American may be overweight or obese. And that obesity is starting at an earlier age. Um, and I think that starts that time clock ticking. So you're developing diabetes at an earlier age. You're developing hypertension at an earlier age. You're developing risk factors like obstructive sleep apnea that goes along with uh, obesity at an earlier age. So we're seeing these things that we thought our grandparents would have, or you had to wait until you're 70 or 80 to get, getting them at an earlier age because, uh, in part because of obesity and some of the stressful impact that uh, life has on us. You mentioned obesity. Since we say that 56% uh, of people, Black women, don't know their risk factors, talk to us about the signs and symptoms of heart disease that uh, Black women specifically should not ignore. So the classic symptom is still something that women do get. Know your body. That's what I always would say. And um, it usually tries to tell you what it is and that it helps you to become your advocate. So if you're getting exertion related chest pain, walking down the street, doing your usual activities of daily living, and you start noticing tightness in the chest, heaviness, pressure, um, the more subtle findings may be that you're getting more winded than usual, doing the same things that you normally would do. And that's telling you that something's changing your body. And I can't tell you enough that more and more people make up excuses. Oh, it's just because I haven't worked out or I'm just tired or I picked up the COVID-20. I call it the COVID-20 pounds that a lot of people have picked <laughs> up over 
COVID. So it's easy to blame it on that. But first and foremost, listen to yourself, listen to your body. It'll tell you what you need to know. Reverend Gail Harris-Berry was listening to her body. She just had a hard time getting the doctors to listen to what she was saying. And that uh, un misunderstanding and ignorance in a way really cost her her life, not once, not twice, but five times. We are anxious to hear your story, Dr. Reverend Gail. That began when you were just 46 years old and because of times, it's gotta be a condensed version, but it is a compelling story. Tell us what happened to you. Good evening um, to all of you, especially the Lynx chapter for having me on the panel. Just for full disclosure, uh, Dr. Robinson is my cardiologist, but we didn't know we both were invited to be on this panel. At age 46, I suffered my first um, heart event. I went to the hospital, two two different hospitals in the DMV. Um, and I was turned away five times saying that there was nothing wrong. My fifth trip, I just refused to leave because by that time my body was so haggard, I could hardly put one foot in front of the other. I knew that there's something was wrong. I refused to leave. And because I refused, they started treating me as if I was having mental problems and they called down for the psychiatric folks from the hospital. And I said, I assure you, there's nothing wrong with my mind, but something is going on in my body. I was taken, one of the cardiologists that saw me on a prior trip, he saw me sitting there and he said, Ms. Harris-Berry, I said, yes. He said, what happened to you? And I said, I'm telling you, something is wrong. They took me up to the cath lab. I didn't know what the uh, cath lab was at the time, but they took me to the cath lab. And while under anesthesia, they said, I could hear them talking all of a sudden, Harry, now this quickly. And so when they were willing me to recovery, the nurse stopped the gurney in the hall. I said, I could hear everything that you said. What was it? She said, you had a 90% blockage and this would have killed you. Thank God you listened to your body and not to us. My family has a history of heart disease. All the men on my father's side of the family died before the age of 50. My father is still living because he had quadruple bypass surgery and now lives with the defibrillator. 2011, go in the hospital to check my stents to make sure they're working. I wind up in a coma for uh, about three weeks. I bled out from that procedure and had to learn how to walk, do everything all over again. Then uh, I was at Dr. Robertson's office on November the 15th, this, uh, 2021, and uh, just for stress tests. I had done the test and while I was there, I started having pain. And I told the technician and when I told the technician, she said, you can't be having pain. You already finished the test. I said, I'm telling you I'm having pain. So I got up from the machine that was taking the pictures and the cardiologist that was there wasn't Dr. Robinson. And he said, well, your EKG hasn't changed. I said, I don't care what the EKG said. I'm telling you, I need three aspirin and I need nitroglycerin tablets. Now, mind you, I'm never without them. They're always in my purse. I'm never without them. Because the doctors have told me I do everything right to save my life. And it's just a testament because I'm still here after five uh, events to the hospital. That day, I was taken to Anne Arundel Medical Center and I had a double bypass open heart surgery. So I'm less than three months out, but I'm still here to tell the story. When I hear Gail Harris-Berry's story, it is yet another reminder about the importance of self-advocacy. 
I hope everyone listening will take her story seriously and think about how you can better advocate for your own health. Now let's hear more about the work and strategies that the Arlington Links are using around heart health. I have with me today Dr. Yolanda Holmes, Dermatologist and Chair of our Health and Human Services, or HHS, FACET, Luana Russell, Co-Chair of the Health and Human Services FACET, and Michelle Bailey, Chairwoman of the annual DMV Links Red Dress Weekend. So hello, ladies, and thank you for joining us today on our uh, podcast. Um, as we all know, health issues, there are so many health issues that are greatly impact the African-American community. But today we want to talk about the great work that you all are doing in the community in terms of heart health. So I'd love to start out with you, Yolanda. As HHS chair, can you tell us why it's important for an organization like the Arlington, Virginia chapter of the Lynx Incorporated to focus on health, but specifically heart health? Well, one of the things that is a part of our duty as a Lynx is to serve our chapter and our community. And it's important that we educate our community about being healthy. Heart health and heart disease is the number one killer, not only of patients in the Black community, but in general. And so we can educate people as to how they can live healthier, have stronger hearts, live long and strong. I think it's important that we do that. We have a lot of activities um, that focus on heart health and educating the community. We have healthy cooking classes. We have our big red dress event. And we have a lot of things to educate the community about how they can stay healthy. Those are all really important points. And Michelle, you know, Yolanda mentioned the DMV Red Dress. It's its 15th year. Can you please share what the impact that initiative has made on the community and what we can expect in 2023? Absolutely. Um, first, let me just say thank you so much for having us on this amazing podcast. We are thrilled, delighted to be a part of it. So the DMV links red dress, that's DC, Maryland, and Virginia, has been fighting going red for heart health for the past 15 years. And we are really excited about the impact that we have had. We have been saving lives. We're hearing people tell us that they have learned so much about heart disease, the interrelatedness of heart disease to other conditions um, that, as Yol Dr. Yolanda Holmes shared a few years ago, the impact that you know heart disease can have on your skin. There's some signs on your skin that could indicate that you have heart disease. The oral health connection to heart disease, along with diabetes, along with even um, female-related issues that are also related to heart disease. And so we are so excited and we're just so proud of the work that we've done. However, um, we do understand that COVID has, you know, come and it has just taken over in terms of, you know, the press and, and the focus on health. But at the end of the day, the leading killer is still heart disease and stroke, and it over-indexes among Black women. And that is why we know that we have just scratched the surface. And even though we have reached over 150,000 people over the past two years alone in this virtual stratosphere, 
we know that there is still much work to do. And so we're excited about continuing the work, um, LinkedIn Friendship, Connected in Service for Heart Health. Those are excellent points, Michelle. And thank you so much for your leadership in particular on this initiative over the years. Luana, can you talk more about how the Arlington Links are participating in the American Heart Association Hypertension Control Initiative? Um, you all are doing some great outreach and a webinar mm -hmm. series, and we'd love to hear more about that. Oh, yes. Thank you so much for asking about that. It's been actually pretty amazing um, because it was a grant that was provided to us by the American Heart Association, and we did an outreach to all of our community, not Link Sisters ourselves, but our family, our friends, others who we know would be able to participate in the program. And it was pretty much very quick. You know, it came in as a, a four-part series. Every individual had to register for each course. And on Thursday nights for the past four weeks, actually tonight was the culmination. We had four different lessons on um, just cardiovascular health and what that means. So one of the lessons might have been on salt and cardiovascular risk. Another lesson on exercise and how that supports your heart health. And what was really wonderful is that for our specific grants, we were supposed to get about 30 individuals to participate, to agree to participate in the series or in the program. And we had an amazing outpouring of individuals who are interested. And so we actually had to cut off our participants at 51. So it was really great. Folks are eager to learn this information. And that's really exciting for me to hear and understand is that not only is the information so poignant and so important for everyone, but they're really eager to learn and to understand how to better their heart health. That you raised some really, really important initiatives and congratulations on the great work that you've done with this program. You know, I think you're exactly right. A lot of times we just assume that people aren't willing to learn more about the information, that there's no desire to actually improve um, their health. But it is really, really exciting to hear that there is definitely interest. So I think that's a good model for other community programs out there. So I want you all to imagine that it is the year 2028. And we have just heard that there has been a significant decline in the rates of heart disease among African-Americans. You know, recognizing that you all aren't heart health experts, but you do have a lot of experience in working with different programs in the community. Um, from the vantage point of the programs that you're working on, what would have happened to get us to that point five years from now? What are some of the changes that you all see from your perspective that we need to make in our community now? And how can we get the community to support these initiatives? Well, you know, one of the things that I think is important is having us know that we should exercise regularly. Mm. We can't, you know, just sit around, watch TV. We have to go for walks. We need to go to the gym. You know, everyone doesn't have to go to the gym, but you have to move. You have to walk. You have to run. You have to play tennis and you could do your favorite sport. So exercise can be fun. It's not always a chore. It is fun. So I think that's important. One of the things that I think will be important for us to emphasize so that we can get to that, that goal. 
That's huge, um, Yolanda. And, and we hear so often now, you know, sitting is the new smoking, <laughs> you know, just the importance of making it fun, making exercise fun. That's an excellent point. Thank you. Michelle? Yes. Great question. One of the things that the DMV Links Red Dress event, which is on Friday, February 3rd, 2023, on Facebook Live from the Arlington Links Facebook page. A little plug there. But one of the things that we are doing um, for the upcoming DMV Links Red Dress event is in partnership with the National um, American Heart Association, we are working on a call to action. We are working to have those who attend, you know, have some accountability. And I think that that's important because, you know, you have these wonderful events, people are pumped up, you know, they're inspired and they feel empowered. And then a day or two later, or maybe even a week later, folks are back to the same habit mm-hmm. that they were um implementing before such an event or such a great empowering weekend. And so we thought in talking with and in partnering with the National American Heart Association this year for this upcoming year, I should say, we wanted to have that call to action. And so we're working on having a focus of, you know, at least one family member being trained on CPR. And I think it's, you know, similar to what um Luana had shared as well, you know, just getting the community involved, you know, various activities that need to happen throughout the year. Check-ins, I think, are very important because I think, you know, when you talk to people, they are so excited about implementing, but they need they need accountability and they need incentives to do that. And so I think that's an opportunity for us with our red dress event and with our heart health. Um, HeartLinks program that we are implementing this year as well. To have some accountability, to have some call call to action opportunities to continue to connect with our community. Well, that is definitely speaking my language. I am someone who loves accountability circles, loves the opportunity to hold my friends accountable as well. So I think that is amazing. Luana? Yeah, I would add on to both of those amazing comments that so much of it is just educating and being open to receiving the education. And as wonderful and sometimes difficult social media can be, it does help us to be able to spread the word about things more quickly and enables us to get the educational messages out to individuals more quickly that we know are in need, right? We know that folks might need this information and we can send it out and reach a much larger population than we ever could before. And then of course, with the the Zoom meetings and everything, you're just able to reach more people to provide that education. It's not always incumbent on someone being able to get out and go to a meeting or go to the doctor or go to a session. I can get this information right where I am and understand how I can apply it right where I am. And I think that's important for uh, many populations that may not, especially in this COVID time, they just may not feel really comfortable about going into large groups and, and having those large learning sessions. 
that is a really, really important point. So it sounds like education, accountability, and movement are the the major themes we want to take away. Do you all have any final comment? Oh, I was going to say also, I think everything we captured or, you know, stated is very important. But what I think too is something that we need to think through as we look at heart health and wellness is self-care. And so one of the one of the days of red dress, we have a three-day weekend. So it's December 3rd through this, I mean, excuse me, February 3rd through February 5th, 2023. So Friday through Sunday. But on Saturday, we focus on self-care. And I think that as a community, especially as Black women, you know, we are, you know, the, the homemakers, the caretakers, the breadwinners, the this, the that, and the other. And we are so busy taking care of everyone else in our immediate and extended family uh, in many cases that we just forget about, you know, taking care of ourselves. And so I think that that's something that also is an opportunity for us to really build out self-care, you know, what what we can do to de-stress and really live, um, you know, our best healthy life. I think stress is something that, you know, not just with heart disease, but, but with other conditions as well is a key culprit. And I, you know, Black women, I know we are, have lots of stress and we just don't necessarily do enough to manage that and to balance our lives. Mm -hmm. Add to that. I think that's a great point in understanding the importance of self-care and the importance of taking that moment, um, even to recognize how you're feeling Mm -hmm. in a situation after a situation or sometimes walking into that situation and how that really does impact your your total self-care. Stress is such a major, major part of any level of anxiety and and understanding your mood and your your ability um, to withstand a certain situation and being cognizant of that level of uh, self-awareness is so, so important. You know, it's like, I know I need to sit down. I know I need to rest. I know I need X or Y. And just being able to be honest with yourself about that as well and not be afraid to go to the doctor when you know you need to do that. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of people will say, I don't want to go to the doctor. I may not know. I don't want to know what's going on. But, you know, it's better to know than not to know because then you can get the help and the support that you need. So I definitely agree that the uh, the, the tenets around self-care, very, very important. Because stress is an important factor in heart disease. We know that people who have stressful lives have more heart attacks and strokes than other people. So we have to take care of ourselves. We have to have time alone. We have to have time to meditate and pray. We need that time to rejuvenate ourselves. Absolutely. That's that's a really good point. And I'm really glad you mentioned, Luana, like maybe not wanting to go to the hospital, I mean, or the doctor. I mean, I will admit, I mean, I think it happens to all of us. I know for me, I mean, <laughs> there are times I do not want to go to the doctor because I don't want to see like my weight or I don't want to see whatever. Mm-hmm. But that's where it kind of comes that comes into play, like 
health professionals too, we need to take the stigma away from obesity or being overweight. And to the we don't want it to the point where people just simply aren't interacting with health professionals because they're ashamed of whatever whatever heart or health condition they may have. So excellent, excellent mm-hmm. point. Absolutely. Yes. Well, I'm excited about what lies ahead as we, you know, move into a new year, a new mindset, new opportunities to be heart healthy and live and learn how to live. And that's the other thing too. I did want to say, I think that, you know, in here, when you hear people as I have, you know, just lost um, a, a, a cousin to diabetes, he also had a heart attack prior to um, transitioning. And I don't, I just feel like a lot of people don't understand what, what it means to, to, to be living, you know, people are, you know, they don't go to the doctor. They, as, as Luana, you mentioned, you know, they, they don't, they don't exercise, you know, people are amped up on all kinds of medication. And then when, you know, we have events such as red dress and, you know, even uh, and other art, heart health or even health and wellness initiatives, it's just so much information that you take for granted that people know they just don't know. And I, I've been calling it, you know, just learning how to live. People, you know, it's it's amazing to me that, um, you know, we, you know, regardless of, of your educational level or, or, you know, your accomplishments, it, we seem to level set around the lack of information that we have about living our best life and it's not about the material you know as we've said we've been saying the slogan our health is our wealth and that's true Mm -hmm. but we you know we're we're so focused on i think other things we have just not given health and wellness is the proper attention in terms of even learning what it means to live and what it means to live well and live and be healthy Mm -hmm. and so i i also look forward to being able to impart more information around, you know, just, you know, what, what does it mean to live well? What did, what does it mean to, you know, you, you know, I hear a lot of people say, oh, you know, I, I have, you know, heart disease because it runs in my family. Well, that doesn't mean that you're going to have it. That just means you are predisposed to it and you need to be cognizant and, you know, know, know the signs of heart disease, et cetera. But people seem to give into that. And I'm like, that misnomer needs to be dispelled as well. Same with diabetes and other, you know, pre-existing conditions. But I think also it is important to understand, you know, your family history as well. That's very important. And it's but, important to take your medicine too, if you have to. Absolutely. Because that's a stigma that a lot of us like yes. said, oh, I don't want to take any medicine or I don't want to take this. But medicine keeps you alive. I see 90-year-old people, 80-year-old people that are still taking their medicine and they're still alive. If you don't need it, that's fine, but you may need it to stay alive and stay healthy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so true. Yeah, just not be afraid of the all the resources that are available, that are out there for you. Um, not be afraid of it because it's important to understand your where you are and understand how you can get help. And it's okay. We have to know that it's all okay. Absolutely. 
people, Dr. Yolanda Holmes, Lawana Russell, and Michelle Bailey, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having us. Oh, yes, a pleasure. Thank, thank, you. thank you for having us. This was great. And I hope that something we've said helps, if it just helps one person, that would be fantastic, right? But I know it'll help many, many more. What a powerful conversation. I hope that you were able to learn something new or can share this information with those around you. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Linked and Impact with the Arlington Links. For more information on our programs and partnerships, please check out our website at arlingtonlinksinc.com and follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Arlington Links. Thank you.